Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. As Jesus lives to never die again, so Easter is what lives out before the church every Sunday. We can call it a little Easter. It shouldn't be too shocking of how Easter carries on in the church. At the same time, Easter is a particular time of the church year too, right? And it lasts longer than Lent. If you've ever paid attention, I'm sure you've noticed it, I hope. 40 days you have been given for that penitential season, but there's 50 days until we celebrate Pentecost. During this time, considering the resurrection of Jesus goes far beyond victory over the grave. Instead of some idea about eternal life, which frankly many religions will talk about these days and are happy to discuss what eternal life will be like, it's a little bit more than that for Christians. Eternal life comes tied to how the risen Jesus actively engaged his disciples. At the end of Easter Sunday and the following week with Thomas. This is what we hear in our text today. We find how Jesus came, look at this, the same way and with the same good news to share. God's consistent for a very inconsistent world of sinners. And so instead of that easygoing motto today we toss around, it's all good, Jesus told them something better. Peace be with you. So already on that first night, the risen Jesus was sending them off, did you notice, with the goods that were the gospel. Already on Resurrection Sunday, that glorious day and that evening, they were already told to go. They weren't in Galilee yet. They were still held up back in Jerusalem. Peace came from seeing, though, his crucified body alive before them, his word as you heard, breathed on them the Holy Spirit. And finally, it meant rightly applying the forgiveness of sins. All that happened on Easter evening that came together just as Jesus, frankly, already told them that would happen during his earthly ministry. It didn't happen in that laser beam moment like they experienced, but Jesus kind of told them this was all going to happen. And it happened on Easter Sunday evening. The word and sacraments, you could say, were going to work. All that happened there came together and it was on the move because there was a holy absolution that could be spoken to share from God in his son. As fast as they had received what Jesus gave them on Easter evening, how quickly it came undone. We're not to Pentecost yet. That's that boldness you hear in our text from Acts. But they already were sent out to go. And they went. And yet, it didn't all fall apart quickly because of some big thing of the world. Some darkness and demonic thing. It, frankly, it came simply from one of their own. That being Thomas. And so it is. All witness must return to the good news shared before our life that Jesus Christ is Lord and God. 
the pushback with sharing Jesus Christ, as you rightly know, and the younger you are, the more clearer it is, is very devastating today in the world. We see it graphically pictured as the Acts tells us with the apostles. They were beaten by the council, which was the Sanhedrin. It's the same council that judged Jesus, and they judged the apostles there. But as you notice, they went away unashamed. Except that week after Easter did not have the same kind of bold witness. Oh, they shared the good news, but it didn't go out very well. And they felt, frankly, more than disappointed, probably somewhat ashamed. They went to Thomas and told him the truth. We have seen the Lord. And yet his demands over Jesus and an outright disbelief put a halt to their witness. Sinful denial entombed Thomas, and the disciples certainly had to be devastated. I mean, we, we, we saw Jesus. It wasn't just an empty tomb, and, and we're not just women. We're, we're, we're the, uh, your brothers that were following with Jesus, and they must have been overwhelmed over that kind of an outcome. I'll never believe the risen Jesus sent them out with good news from behind locked doors only to face embarrassment that first week and failure from one of their own. We should expect pushback from sharing Jesus Christ. If you don't think that way, you're not with the times and where they're at with Christianity. But it hurts even more and most of all with those we know. Witness to an unbelieving world has challenges. All the same, it can be a lesser blow compared to those once close to Christ and the church. You all know them. It could be your kids or your friends, but it's pretty common. And they're filled with much doubt. Making it even harder, right? To ignore than others not involved in our life, not in our face week to week kind of stuff. Hebrews tells us the need, as you know, not to neglect to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is the day of Jesus' great return. This is the eternal Easter that's always at hand. So we pray share, and care, serving as an encouraging witness to others, but the outcome of our words and actions still might fall on deaf ears. That's the hard part to hear. Our success-driven society does not help our work righteous insecurities, which finally misses why the church was sent out at all after Easter. Any witness must return to Christ for what he shares belongs to his grace and grace alone. As the disciples were again behind their locked door syndrome of fear as sinners, something did not change. And this is the important part. How the risen Jesus still came unhindered to speak good news. It meant life, not by their efforts, but to see and hear again Peace be with you. This peace was a greeting of forgiveness of sins since their witness depended upon the better promise that all is well. 
We need to hear that peace from Jesus because all is not well. Certainly, Jesus had to give Thomas his attention to see and know that truth. And so his resurrection was not a ghostly appearance, but came with a real body that also still had real marks won by the crucified Jesus. He called Thomas out and put it all before him, the truth. And it's all necessary, not just for Thomas, a man, but as an apostle. That was very important because an apostle was one who literally had to see, to witness the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's what made an apostle. It was also necessary because of all the good that God wanted to work through Thomas. Our witness must return to Christ, you see, for he alone won all by his death and resurrection. This is the grace that comes now as given by his word and sacraments. It may seem different than Thomas, but, but St. John, as an apostle, has something to say about that today. You heard him. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. It is from the life that has no end, called ministers dare to say, as you heard today, I forgive you all your sins, in the stead and command of Jesus Christ. Some church bodies despise that statement that's made in our church because the I is not referring to me, but to Jesus, who the church has called pastors to speak that word of peace to you. Those that reject this declaring of forgiveness miss how receiving God's grace through faith hangs, literally hangs on the redeeming work of God's grace alone. That's it. It's to believe what is being spoken by Jesus. When Jesus sent out his church, it meant relying on him. The word of the gospel and promises given in the sacraments are God's grace. There's just no other way that we're going to get Jesus. But he put it that way, put it in those terms for our good. If not, our hearts will never stop with doubts over God's desire for sinners and a conscience wearied by our works. So in other words, faith doesn't come from your strength and powers. I can say I choose Jesus, but I am weary in saying that statement from day to day in my life. It's the thing outside of me that finally gives what Jesus promises that truly is his desire for his people. Without those means of grace, you're going to be worse than a dog chasing its tail. You're going to become so overwhelmed with a works that will fail in the end. Not because of any other reason, because you don't have what Jesus is giving. So, what we receive from Christ goes before our life to share that Jesus is Lord and God. And so where Thomas was not going to give himself faith or be any kind of witness, how easy was it for Jesus? Do you see what Jesus does? 
by his word. He says, do not disbelieve, but believe. Faith worked by the Holy Spirit through the word gave a witness. My Lord and my God. There was a confession of sin and a confession of faith, both linked to the saving grace set upon the crucified and risen Jesus. However, instead of praising Thomas, being blessed turned back to the original witness. You know how he says, you, you believe because you saw me? You should have listened to my brothers who I sent, who already told you we have seen the Lord. Blessed are those who have not seen and believe. So how can it be more blessed to not see but believe as Jesus says? Well, first off, what the eyewitnesses and apostles of that early time saw did not remain in their sight. Jesus would be before his church 40 days. And after that, no more. He would ascend into all glory with the Father to reign over all things out of his goodness. Peter also today praises how eternal life in Christ remains in that saving word, who by God's power, he says, are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So the word has a power because it brings Jesus himself and all that he gives. Blessed are others to see, not an artificial witness, but how Jesus is Lord and God before your life, despite the rejections and heartaches. And this is extremely important because we want to craft a witness when the fact is you already are witnesses by your baptism. You already have the Holy Spirit work in your life, but it doesn't always feel so great. And it doesn't look so fabulous. But this is where you get to confess to say, you see my sufferings, my, my burdens, my losses? You can say, oh, this is just an extension finally of finally Christ who suffered and died, not merely for me, but for the sake of this whole world. And for you who I'm talking to, to know that all these things are finally in his hands, who is Lord and God. Witness is an entrustment to the Holy Spirit, and he never directs faith away from Jesus, which means even now, our Lord is at work today by his word and sacraments. There's lots of defending of the Christian faith today against true hatred against the gospel, and that's all good. The field of studies called apologetics, and you can really get into that stuff of how to speak to Muslims and, and to atheists and all that stuff, and that's all great. The world needs to know a good defense. However, within the church, let's not miss the doubts for what they are. Thomas needed care. Care the disciples could not meet by their relationships, stories, and even witnessing to him. It required the risen Jesus before his whole church and how he would serve them. Crucified wounds of love that would bring to them good news. Peace, 
be with you. And that included Thomas without exception. So bring the doubters. I'm a doubter. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Forgiveness is there, not as an answer to all the questions, but the Father's gift is for you as for others in his Son. And so again, you are his witnesses. That's what Easter is finally in the end. Why are you here? Because you're being sent out. You're redeemed in Jesus' resurrection by his death already given to you for who believe. But now we're sent out, and so every witness returns to the same good news, that Jesus Christ is Lord and God. Not merely with the church together, but the church that goes out before our life, that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. At this time, we rise and sing the offertory on page 192.